Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are new here, welcome and my name is Dave and it's my pleasure to open up um, the book today, The Word of God, to share the the final um, part of our six-part series on freedom in Christ uh, looking at the book of Galatians. So don't worry if you're here for the first time and you've, you're just tuning in. Don't worry, we're going to do a quick recap in a few moments and that will be wonderful. And um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we just pray as we unpack your word today that those physically here in the building today, those that listening on, on podcast um, will just be blessed, encouraged and be able to walk with you into the freedom that you have purposed for each and every one of our lives today. And nothing would hold us back. No setbacks, no thing from the past, no discouragement would settle in, but we'd walk into the freedom you have. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Wonderful. So, part six of Galatians, Freedom in Christ. And uh, if you like, this is the, uh, the key verse for the, uh, the, the series that we've had. It is, it is for freedom. Can we say this together? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burned again by a yoke of slavery. And just as a really quick recap, this is the book of Galatians written to a group of churches in Galatia, which is known as in modern day Turkey, as one of the first letters we believe that the Apostle Paul wrote. And um, in this letter, he'd, he'd planted these churches, well, been involved in planting these churches, and 18 months back later, he's, had, he's in a hardship. The, he writes saying, I'm bearing the marks of Christ. That's no small thing. I mean, he's been persecuted for preaching the gospel. And he then, his, his sound that actually, this church that was once walking in the gospel, which means good news, that he spoke about, that they have freedom in Christ Jesus. That's not something you have to work for or try to attain. It's, it's, you attain it literally through faith in Jesus Christ. Have now departed from that good news to a different gospel, a different set of good news about one of works. And so when he's writing this letter, he is fuming. He is angry. Ever been angry? Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Ever told lies? <laughs> So we, you know, we are hearing from Paul. We're hearing Paul's heart to the Galatian churches, and he is really, really angry. So they des- they're basically he's saying you've deserted God. You deserted God for a different gospel, for a different message. And if you like, there's two different contrasts in this in this book, in this letter. And uh, we've got grace versus law. I want you to imagine that you're in God's court. You're in God's courtroom. And for the things that you've done wrong and I've done wrong, someone else has paid the price. Because a price has to be paid. In the court of law, a price has to be paid for wrongdoing. And a price has been paid for your and my wrongdoing. And it was Jesus. Jesus died so you and I did not have to die. Isn't that amazing? And so Father God says, you are forgiven and you are free. That's worth a cheer. Worth more than that. 
And this messes with our mind because we think, well, I need to do something, I need to do something about it. I've, done, I've carried the guilt. I've, I've the one that did the wrong things and do the wrong things and say the wrong things and think the wrong things. Because there's no, you're forgiven and you are free. Amazing. Amazing. And then you have a little friend that comes along. A little friend, and he's a well-meaning friend. And he says, you know, you, it's true, you are free. But what happens if you mess up again? What happens if you start to do the wrong things and say the wrong things and think the wrong things? What if those hands that, you, you know, that are free, you know, they, they strike out in anger? What happens if those hands that are free steal? Wouldn't it be better, actually, if you... I wonder, Sam, if you can just stand up. That'd be great. Come on. Let's welcome Stan. Sam. Sam. Actually, wouldn't it be better, actually, to stop you from possibly messing up? Let's just tie your hands down so, so you can't get it wrong. It's just a safeguard. It's just a safeguard. So it's going to stop you stealing or, or lashing out in anger. And do you know what? Your eyes, we don't want you coveting what your neighbour has and getting jealous. And we don't want you, you lusting. So perhaps we'll, we'll wear a, a blindfold so you can't see what's happening. And that way, you're not going to mess up. I'm not going to ask anyone who's got a friend like that. But the intention is good. The intention is good because we don't want Sam to sin or mess up. We don't want any of us to sin and mess up. Because Jesus paid the price and Father said we're free. But this is what religion means. The word religion comes from the Latin, means to bind up. To bind up. And here, Sam is bound up through good intentions. And Paul is saying, some well-meaning people have got in your ranks and says it's no longer just about freedom through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. It's now actually about following the law. Then they were talking about one of the things that they had to do, the men had to do, was be circumcised. But Paul wrote, if you do one thing of the law, you have to do everything of the law. But these people weren't caring about doing everything of the law. They just want people to, do, to, to be circumcised. They can say that I've won you over to my, my way of thinking. But Jesus died so that you and I can be free. I can take off the rope that binds, take off the blindfold, and we can walk in freedom. Thanks, Sam. Give it up for Sam. So that's great. But let's be real and let's be honest, going back to last time. The problem is, you and I still have that desire to sin. Be honest, we do. We have that desire to sin. And even Paul talks about it a lot. Yes, wretched man that I am. The things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I shouldn't do, I do. Wretched man that I am. There's that battle, there's that war in us. So how on earth are we, if Jesus set us free, and Father says, sin, what sin? And we have no sin, but then we want to sin. And we do sin. And in chapter 6, we're going to see actually how we're meant to do, live this life. But this is the second contrast. The first was grace versus law. The second is spirit versus flesh. And it's about, we learned last time about changing our crave centre. Changing the things that we crave for. Rather than craving to do the wrong thing, and rather than thinking, I must not do that, I must not do that, we crave to do the right thing, to walk in step 
with the Spirit of God. And the more we crave the right things, actually the things that we shouldn't do, suddenly become a distance path. And we actually, our desires for them lessen. Ever been in that? But if we crave the wrong things and we start to walk in the wrong things, our desires for the wrong things intensify and grow. And suddenly before we know it, we're bound up in sin again. The sin that Jesus died to set us free from. So we looked at that in chapter 5. We're going to come back to that a little bit today. But this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle. And we can't try and do it in the flesh. The law, the works of the law, is about what we can do in the flesh. But this is a spiritual battle. And we walk in the spirit. It's a bit like you going to battle, going to war with bows and arrows, and your enemies have got guns and tanks. It's a nonsense. Who's going to win? You're not. I'm not. (laughs) Better run out of there. It's a spiritual battle. And when we're in the flesh, we've got the wrong toolkit, the wrong um, weapons. We need a whole new armory. And that is through the Spirit of God. So we're going to look at that more today. How we're going to be led by the Spirit. And we learned last time, and I was very real with you about some of the struggles that I've faced in my life and, some, and how I actually, if well-meaning Christians have come into me and said, you shouldn't be doing that, and the legalist pointing of the finger, it probably would have broken me at a younger, tend age in the, in, in the Christian faith. But how through the Spirit of God, he helped me to overcome and he helped you to overcome some of your battles. And every one of us are unique because of our personalities, our experiences, where we've come from. And so we face different battles different temptations. But God has got a master plan for every single one of us, hasn't he? Wonderful. I don't know if you know, remember back in the, um, in the 90s, who likes Pringles? Go on, be honest, it's a confession. Yeah, that's it, more hands, more hands. Now, Daniel, can you show me that slide about Pringles? In the 90s, to show my age, in the 90s, they had this slogan. Do you remember it? Yeah. Once you pop, you can't stop. And it was very clever. It was very clever the way they did it. Like they did lots of uh, different um, rhythms of, of the pops of the, the tube of Pringles. If you don't know, Pringles is a big tube of about 100 different crisps. whole range of different flavours, salt and, ready salted salt and vinegar, and now the list is endless. They've got all these different sound effects of pops of tubes popping. Probably not do that sound. Yeah, all these different things. Once you pop, you can't stop. And it was really catchy, really catchy. Do you, do you remember that? One day I was shopping. One day I was shopping. And they always put the things that you shouldn't buy, or the offers. Where do they put them? In the middle. So you don't have to go hunting for them. But you see it and think, oh, I need that in my life. And one day, I was in the middle of the shop, shopping. Um, this was um, before I was married. And uh, I saw they had a great range of, of um, discounts on Pringles. I thought, this is marvellous. This is marvellous. I'm going to buy myself a tube. Anyway, so I, uh, I bought myself a tube and it went in the cupboard. I think it was one Saturday morning or afternoon or so. I was watching something on the TV. And I said, you ever get a moment in your life when you think, Oh, I really fancy that. I really fancy one of those. Something to eat. Not just anything, not just some food, but I really fancy, I don't know, whatever. I really fancied a Pringle. 
let's be honest, Dave, I really fancied a few Pringles. So what I did, I, I, I thought, let's go, to, let's go to the cupboard and let's get my big tube of Pringles, okay? And remember that tube, it's about that, it's 190 grams, and there's about um, 100 different uh, crisps in there. And I thought, do you know what? Let's do it. And I'm really being honest with you. I had a few, and I thought, and you never just have one. And there's the way the tube is done. You can't get your whole hand in there, so you have to tip it and pour a few out. And you never just get one out. You always get about two, three, four, five. And the more you pour, the more more come out, and you might get 10, etc. Remember, there's only 100 in there to begin with. And this tune started coming into my head. Once you pop, you can't stop. And I thought... And I started to think, actually, do you know what, Dave? You, you deserve this. A bit of relaxation time. You deserve this. It's okay to have a few. Have 10. It's okay. And they're really tasty. They're really Moorish. There's something about I don't know, the crisp. They're crisp. They're not just like, they're crispy crisps. And they're delicious. And they're salty. And literally, you start licking your lips and you, I've got to have more. And once you pop, you can't stop. And I started to justify it. I think, do you know what? You can have more, Dave. You deserve it. And suddenly, half a tube had gone. <laughs> and I must admit, at this point, at this point, I thought, ooh, quite a few I've had there. <laughs> then I had this one in my head. Once you pop, you can't stop. I thought, oh, just, just have a few more. <laughs> then half a tube, then five more disappeared, and then ten more disappeared. Probably had nap- at this point, I had about 90. And then you get that tread line. Well, you've almost finished them. You might as well finish. There's only 10 left, Dave. There's only 10 left. And once you pop, you can't stop. It's okay. Everyone's doing it. (laughs) The advert says it's okay. And I had 100 Pringles. And after that, I actually felt, it hits you. It it, it goes, Now, Danny, if you show the next slide... Here's some of the nutrition information I think you need to hear about. So in a tube, which is 190 grams, fat is 62.7 grams. Now, these days, people say there's different types of fat, don't they? There's, I'm not a nutritionist, but for me, fat's fat. That's 62.7 grams of fat. Whew. Is that a third? I don't know. Protein, 7.2. Carbs, 96.9 grams. Calories, this is the biggie, 980 calories. Does anyone, what, women, how many calories should you have in a day, do they say? 2,000 men? 2,500? So women, that's almost half your intake. So you could have two tubes of Pringles and you're done. (laughs) And just to make yourself really good, you can have an apple. Apple's about 80, 80 calories. So, oh, I felt really bad. Once you pop, you can't stop. And the reality is, that was just me with this thing, this tube called Pringles, and my relationship with this tube called Pringles at that time. And I, and I can't say that I just did it once. I've done it a few times in my life. I've popped <laughs> a few times in my life. But change Pringles for whatever your struggle is in life. Whether your struggle... And you're not alone, is in relationships. It's a relational issue, whether it's to do with temptations, different sorts of temptations, gossip, lust, covetousness, wanting what someone else has, getting fed up with what you have or what you don't have. Whatever the struggle is that we all face, 
And we're all facing different struggles in our lives because we're all wired differently, but we face struggles. And the temptation is, well, I'm going to go down that route, but I don't want to go down that route. I don't want another Pringle. I don't want to look at something that I should be looking at on TV. I don't want to be speaking stuff that I know I should be speaking. But now I've said it, now I've seen it, now I'm doing it. And, and oh, and I feel bad. Wretched man that I am, said Paul. We all have struggles. Well, welcome to the struggle club. But surely there's hope. Surely there's hope in the struggle club. There's a way. If Jesus paid the price and God the Father says you're free and we're free indeed, surely there's ways for us to live free. How do we do it? Is it about good doing the best that I can with my own strength? Well, no, that's going up into battle with bows and arrows. We need another weaponry, another armory. And to help us today, you've just got this thought, Daniel, thank you. If you want to grow, you've got to sow. If you want to grow, and I don't think anyone here in this room or listening on podcasts would say, I don't want to grow. I've had enough of growing in life. If you want to grow, if you want to do the right things in life, you've got to sow. And for us city or town folk, sowing is about planting, planting seeds. And whatever we plant, whatever we sow, will grow in our lives. The question is, what are we planting and what are we sowing and how are we doing it? How are we doing it? So tell me your Bibles. I'm going to go through this really, really quickly because time is really going. And we're going to read um, Galatians chapter 6 together. And then we're going to see how we're going to apply this to our lives. If you want to grow, you've got to sow. So Paul is coming to land in his letter. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. The reality is we all get caught in the spirit, caught in sin at different times, and our sins look differently on each of us as to what we get tempted and drawn into. But here he's saying, you who live by the Spirit. He's not saying those you who are perfect. You that want to live by the Spirit, you who live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. And to restore, it's, it's, um, it's about according to, it's fixing according, accordingly. That's what it really means. So it's a personalized restoration plan. Restore means to put back into its original condition. But everyone here, our, our difficulties and challenges are all different. They all look different. So we need a tailor-made approach, don't we? If I said to Leanne, well, to put you back to your original condition, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Well, you couldn't say that to me because we're different. And the same is for you and for me. So we need a bespoke, we need a tailor-made restoration plan to put us back together. That's why he's asking people who live by the Spirit to do this. But he says, watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. That's our weights. That's the things that weigh us down, our sins, our temptations. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, James 2 um, and verse 8 says, it talks about the royal law. And the law of Christ is this. Love your neighbor as Love your neighbor as yourself. 
is the royal law of Christ. It means he's not saying don't, don't look after yourself. He says look after yourself, but go out your way to love other people as well. That means if we're loving other people, we're not so consumed in our world, me and my and I. I'm going out of my way to love. It means there's a cost of my time, cost of what I'm doing. Even this week has been a cost of my time. You know when you have a certain plan to your day, those planners out there, and you write a to-do list of what you're going to do? And this week has been certain days I've had to like write it off. But it's been okay. Because it's been a week of divine interruptions. And I thank God for divine interruptions. Because it means that he can minister to people. And he can help me. And, and I can play a little part in helping other people. To fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are nothing, when they are not, they deceive themselves. And twice Paul says in this, in this chapter alone, don't just be deceived. Don't be deceived. So none of us should ever think we're something when really we're not. We are sinners saved by grace. We have freedom, not from our own best efforts, but through the freedom that God gives us. Don't deceive yourself. Each one should test their own actions. They, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. But each, should, each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. We're just going to just pause it there. Go back, Daniel. So what we've got there is things to unpack. Carrying each other's burdens. There's two tensions in here. He talks about that we will carry our own burdens. We'll carry our own load in verse 5. And what that means is the consequence of the sin in our lives brings a turmoil in us because there's a wrestling between our conscience and our actions. And when we do the wrong thing, no one has to tell us that we've done the wrong thing because we know in our hearts we've done the wrong thing and suddenly we've got a load on our shoulder. And we keep walking that and the load gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And, and, and Paul writes, actually, it's your duty to carry that load because it's the result of your actions. But God doesn't want you to carry the load. He wants you to be free. So we're going to see in a minute how we walk free through that. But it's your, you can't give that load to someone else because they've not done that, you've done that, I've done that, we've done that. So we've got our load. But in that, in that, and I'm speaking to an army of people here today, that I dare to believe that we can be a group of people, a family of people that can live differently, that we can choose to live differently. And he says in verse 2, carry each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does that look like? You who are spiritual, that means we're not perfect. But you ask God every day, God, I want to live for you today. I'm sorry about the sins of yesterday. Today's a brand new day. Help me to see differently, think differently, hear differently. And so God puts into your world encounters with people. Maybe brothers, sisters in Christ. Maybe people that aren't, aren't, don't even have, yet have a relationship with Jesus. And we walk our lives and we get a divine interruption. We think, God, not now. I haven't got time. And he says, well, you asked me. So we walk and we embrace the messiness of life. We embrace the interruption. And suddenly you get a sense in your heart, this person might be struggling. What do you do? I'm too busy? Or do you fulfill the royal law of Christ that says, love your neighbor as yourself? 
And so you come alongside. You spend time, have a coffee. How are you doing? And they're talking. And you just get a sense in your heart of where they might be at. You don't, don't judge. You do not judge. You reach out in love. And you talk and embrace. And they may not even be telling you what's, what's really up with them. But you know they're not right. God might even reveal to you actually what the heart of the issue is. And you just talk and you just love. And you say, do you know what? We all, we all mess up. I have my challenges, you have your challenges. But God wants you free. And we walk in freedom. We help to walk in freedom. We carry the load. Because when it by ourselves, the thing that the devil wants, let's call him what he is. His name is Satan. His name is Satan. And what Satan wants for your life is the load that you carry and that I carry, he wants it hidden. He doesn't want anyone to know about it. He does not want anyone to know about it. Hey, you've come to church. Everyone there is perfect. Everyone at church is perfect. You're not. Look what you've done this week. Look what you've said this week. Look what your eyes have seen this week. Who are you? You're, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And we start to believe the lie that Satan wants us to believe, that we're not good enough. We're not in our own strength, but thank God for the cross. Amen. So we're not good enough. So what we start to do is, we, well, I'm not going to go to church today. I'm not going to gather because they're all good and I'm not good enough. And I have my foibles and my sin and my temptations and everything and everyone else is perfect. But God, what Holy Spirit wants to do is bring out into the open, not for everyone to know, not for everyone to know, it's my own business, but to bring out into the open, maybe with someone that is spiritual, that you can walk alongside and say, do you know what? I can trust you. I'm going to, don't throw it all out. Some people say everything. Don't say everything because trust has to be earned. Trust has to be earned. You say a little bit. And when you see you can trust someone and you say a bit more. And so you carry each other's burdens. Things are brought out into the open. But when they're hidden and we feel we're the only one and you are not, you are not the only one. Brought the open, suddenly you start to breathe a fresh air. You start to feel lighter. So you say, God, forgive me. As you've forgiven my brother, as you've forgiven my sister, forgive me. Help me to walk in freedom in this area. Suddenly, the load is lightened. Who do you think that sounds good? Thanks, Daniel. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Again, Paul says, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. So it's like, Paul says, whatever you sow, if you want an apple tree, you have to plant apple seeds. You want oranges, orange seeds. If you want love, so to the Holy Spirit. If you want seeds that lead to destruction, do the wrong thing. Give in to your impulses. Give in to your craving, the carnal nature that we have. Lust, covet, steal. Get really angry with people without a cause. Let it lose your temper whenever you want. 
all. We say, God, and we give up. We give up so easy. Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And if we're honest, I'm not going to ask anyone to raise their hands, sometimes we feel we're back at square one again. And sometimes we look, there's a long Christian journey ahead of us. And perhaps I should be further on down this road at this time in my life than I really am. But I'm not because I'm in an area or areas of my life that I keep messing up in. A wretched man or woman that I am. What do I do? Well, we come alongside Christian brothers and sisters. We share the load. We look for people that we can trust, that care for us. And we, you who are spiritual, restore someone in a spirit of gentleness. But then, Dave, it's a long road. And I've got to start walking. I've got to start walking by the Spirit. I've got to start growing up. But I don't want to. It's a long road and I should be further on. I'm back at square one. No. Day one, take a step. So to the Spirit. Right, I don't, want to, I don't want to lust, I don't want to steal, I don't want to swear. Okay, well don't think about that crazy centre. Think about the other crazy centre, which is the Spirit of God. Praise God today. God, I'm going to thank you today. I'm going to have a time with you today. I'm going to get my Bible out. It's a bit dusty today, Lord, because I've not opened it properly for a while. But I'm going to get it out, I'm going to read a psalm. I'm going to read something, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something, I'm going to pray. God, I don't know what to pray, I've got the words, I'm a bit rusty it's not fluent. God help me. God help me today. Help me today. One step. Day one. Day one, you have not messed up. Yeah? But it's only day one. It's such a long journey. Don't, look, don't lose heart. You do good. Do good. Keep doing good. Day two, help me, God. Oh, I'm going to read two Psalms today. I'm going to do something else today. Um, suddenly, your crave center changes. You're starting to think about Holy Spirit and God and things of God. And suddenly, it's getting a, a little bit easier. But suddenly, you've just seen something on the TV that you shouldn't be seeing. Um, I, 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 you switch it off. You switch it off. Day three. I'm going to, God, I'm, I'm just going to talk to you a bit more today. I've got some friends that need you. And would you help me to live for you today? Day four, day five, day seven. And you're doing well. You're doing well. Day eight comes. Get some pressure at work. Something's not quite right and suddenly before you know it, you've done, said or thought something that was wrong and you mess up. And you feel like quitting. You feel like quitting. And you say to yourself, I'm back at square one again. I, I, I can't do this, God. But then Holy Spirit reminds you of that verse that says, do not become weary. And what that means, church, is this. It says, because of the, ne- don't, don't do anything negative on the outside because of what you're feeling and the weariness on the inside. There's a difference between weariness and tiredness. We all get tired. Weariness, when it settles in, says, I could never do this. I can't do this. And when we meditate on weariness, I, 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 can't, 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 suddenly it affects our actions and we stop doing the things that God wants us to do or not do. But don't become weary. Weariness is a journey. Don't become weary while doing good. So you get back on your feet again. Get back on your feet again. And look back. Look, I've come all this way. I've come all this way. 
I'm on a journey here. I'm not back at day one or stage one. I've come all this way. And God says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I get back on my feet. I say, God, I'm on the journey. I'm not back there again. I'm not the same person. You died to set me free. I'm on day eight. I'm going on to day nine. I'm going on to day 10. I'm going to day 11. Oh, I fall fall down again. God, I'm getting back up because I have plans and purposes for my life. And other people's lives depend on what I do. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I haven't got the words to say, but I'm stepping out. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm living to please you, Holy Spirit. Church, there's a word in season for you today. I believe there's many people here today. And the word is, do not become weary while doing good. Some of you, there's a plan and purpose that God has spoken to you about. He's spoken to you about. And then weariness wants to set in, wants to settle in. Don't let weariness settle. Don't let weariness settle. At the proper time, you will reap not a few things. You will reap a harvest. You will enter the plans that God has for your life. You keep doing good. Keep doing good. Keep sowing to the Spirit of God. Despite your difficult days and your challenging days. Keep doing good. Therefore, verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the house, to the family of believers. You know, the, the Christians have been labelled various things in the past. One of the phrases that have been labelled is do-gooders. There is nothing wrong with that, my friends. Be a spirit-filled purpose-driven do-gooder the rest of your life because the lives of other people count on it. How we live our lives, the decisions we make and take are the journey that we're on. If we stop in the journey, it's no good. We've got to make progress. We've got to make progress. Keep sowing to the Spirit. Keep sowing to the Spirit. And as we sow to the Spirit, suddenly the crave sense of doing the wrong thing starts to fall away, starts to diminish because we're thinking not about the Pringles. We're thinking about apples. No, no, we're not thinking about apples. We're thinking about a, a forest of apple trees. Because it represents life. That God wants me to be a life giver to those around me in my community. God's got plans and purpose for my life, but it's not about me. It's about the results that he wants to do through yours and my life. And in verse 11, he says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Normally, they, they get other people to pen the letters. But here, Paul's grabbed the pen off his scribe. says, I've got to write this. I need people to see what I'm saying. Thank you, Daniel. Verse 12, really quickly. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Any aspect of the law means anything, whether you do it or don't do it. Nothing means anything apart from what counts is the new creation. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. If you're a Christ follower, you're a new creation. And as a new creation, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, the Israel of God. As a new creation, you can have peace in your life. Peace comes from reconciliation with God. Take a deep breath. Now exhale. Now the peace of God in your life. Not just peace, mercy, 
Mercy is God not giving you what you truly deserve. What do we all deserve? We deserve the punishment that was laid on Jesus Christ. That's what we all deserve. But God instead has brought us reconciliation to the Father. Peace and mercy. Absolutely amazing. So we're going to jump on to the first point, please, Daniel, very quickly, because time has gone. If you want to grow, you've got to sow. So remember, desire. Walk in the Spirit. It's about a walk. It's about a daily walk. It's, and maybe for some of us, it's about an hourly walk. Maybe we've got to set, set our, divide our day into hours. Say, God, on this next hour, I'm focusing on living for you. Maybe 24 hours is too much for me to think about right now. There's so much that I'm caught up in. I've got to take an hourly walk. But just take a walk. Take a walk. It's about your desire. Walk in the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. What's Holy Spirit asking you to do? What's Holy Spirit asking you not to do? Just obey Him. Obey Him. Don't grieve Him. When we do the wrong things, we know we grieve Holy Spirit. I'm sorry about that, Lord. Walk in the Spirit. And therefore, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Number two. Do good. Bear and share. Bear and share. I want to right now give us a wave. Anne and Maud. Where's Anne and Maud? Is Maud, where's Maud? Great, yeah, fantastic. Go on, give us a nice Anne, Gail, give us a wave. Maud, I'm embarrassing you. I'm not just going to leave it. There's plenty of people. I just want to honour you today. See, these two lovely sisters actual sisters, but sisters in Christ. They're in a season of life where in their bodies they carry a lot of pain. And they would hate me to say this, but you need to hear this because we honour you today because of in your season of difficulty, you're the first to ask, how are you? How are you? How's it going? Never give up on that. That means so much. It means so much to me and I know countless people in this church because you encourage people. You encourage people. You champion people even if you are in pain. And we thank God for you. We thank God for you for doing good. Doing good, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Where do you need to do good? Where do you need to walk in the spirit? Where do you need to think about maybe someone's struggling? Maybe I can get alongside them. Not have all the answers and certainly not judge because I have my own weights, my own failings. But I'm going to walk alongside. I'm going to walk alongside in love. Someone that God could even use today. Do good. And finally, you want to grow? Well, actually, got to say, remember, don't give up. Watch weariness. It takes time to sow, it takes time to plant, but don't give up. I want to say this. Um, being the pastor of this church has not been an easy ride. It never is. I could, I could say, but God, I never asked for this. Oh, that's right, but you accepted the mission. You accepted the mantle. And we're in a great season of church life. But there's so much more. There's so much more that God wants for this house. We believe that God wants to, I'm not going to put even a number on it, but wants there to be such a, 
an influential Pentecostal expression in Leamington Spa and the surrounding areas. There's so much more. Why? Not so we just can grow and have numbers of people filling seats. Because there's a lost world out there. And there's a unique expression of what God is doing in this local house. We thank God for every church in Leamington Spa. But we're talking about this house today. So much more, you know, when we came in 2012, seven and a half years we've been here now. And we just, um, it was hard work. We were doing all the right things. And at times, I felt like giving up. I never was going to. That's like, after like one year, two years, it's like, God, this is hard work. And you have to, in the hard times, you just remember the call of God. You have to remember the promise of God. You have to remember that actually, God has got great plans for this house. It's not about me. It's about him and, and his church. And we have a small part to play in this journey. Privilege. But so do every single one of you. Every single one of you have got a part to play in this journey. Where God is planting you or planted you. Wherever, wherever God has planted you. But in life, you've got to watch out that weariness does not settle in. It's okay to have an odd day, off day. It's okay to have a day or thoughts that says, this is hard work. Oh, can I really do this? It's okay to have days when you get cross. Oh God, I'm really fed up. But don't let that settle in your life. Watch weariness at all costs. But remember the promise of God. Remember the promise Whatever your context, wherever you're from, remember the promise of God, even in the small days, even in the declining days, even the small where you feel, I could never, it could never. Remember that God has a plan and purpose and your life counts. Your life absolutely counts. We are asking people that are part of this church, you know, it's time to step up. Maybe you're not serving on a team. Join a team. Because I believe we're going to expand quicker than we possibly imagine. Keith says to me, and I believe you're absolutely right, Keith, um, God's being good at the moment. God's being kind at the moment. Because if everyone came now, we would have no place for everyone. I agree with him. I agree with him. And uh, God's being kind. But it, God's being kind, why? Because we, for example, we haven't got enough people on all the teams. If we're to expand multiple services, it would drag the teams down because we haven't got enough. But if we maxed out on teams, we could share the load. We could share the load. And we could see many, many people. I'm really excited at the moment because we've got loads of people on start, the start course. We're gonna, we've got names signed up for baptism in August and also for next year already. Amen? Amen. We're on the precipice, but God's almost like holding back saying, I can't take you as fast and as far as you want to go just yet as a church because not everyone's stepping up to the power pit. Some people are doing too much. Church, you need to hear this. Some people are doing too much because you are not getting involved. Hear that with a right heart. Because you're not getting involved, some people are doing way too much. And this is not a legalism thing. I want you to go from this message and ask God, even in terms of serving, how do you want me to get involved? Ask him. We're not about legalism and we're not about pressure. But I believe that as we get stuck in, 
God's going to take us further and faster than what you and I could ever imagine. I know it in my heart. It's the conviction in my heart. But he's, he's being kind to us. He's being kind. I don't want him to be kind. I don't want him to be kind because there's people in those flats out there that don't know Jesus, that are caught in Hinduism, that haven't got a relationship with God, that can do because we step up and we get involved. In partnership with other organisations and other churches, we can do so much. Let's watch weariness though. Watch weariness in your own life. Because if you're weary in your life, you're never going to get involved. Because you're trying to think about the sin that's before you or the tiredness before you. We're just going to pray. Time is well and truly gone. We're going to pray right now. Holy Spirit has been speaking this morning. Holy Spirit has been speaking. Many different facets and various things. Many various things. Just right now, where you are, if God has been speaking to your life about any, anything, you know what it is. Just stand to your feet and put your hands in front of you as a way of saying, God, I come to you this morning. God has been speaking to you about anything this morning. I'm going to ask you what it is. But whatever he's prompting and prodding you on your heart, we've got to make a decision. Am I either going to respond to you, God, and do something about this? Or I'm going to bury it and carry on. So God's been speaking to you about anything. Stand to your feet right now. In this attitude of prayer, every head bowed, every eye shut right now. And let's rise up as the army of God. I believe God has called us to be an army of God that is fit for battle. An army of God that rolls up its sleeves, gets stuck in. An army of God that knows what it is to shoulder burdens and carry loads. An army of God that knows what it is to walk in the Spirit. Sometimes mess up, but get back on our feet again. An army of God knows what it is to love him, love others, as we love ourselves and, and therefore fulfill the royal law of Christ. So right now, I'm just going to pray for you. Are you standing? God's been speaking to you about anything this morning. Stand up. Count to five, four, three, two, one. Father, I pray this morning for everyone that is responding to you. And I pray, Lord God, with all my heart, that, Lord, you would help them to make progress in their life. Lord God, whatever it is you're asking them to do or not to do, whatever it is you're asking them to, uh, to carry, to drop, that, Lord, you would, they'd have a sense of fresh confidence this morning that he can do it in you and through you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just... Just grab your seats. Keep your eyes, eyes shut and head bows right now. Maybe today, this morning, you, you, you would not yet call yourself a Christ follower. All this has been like maybe new to you. You're not sure what you think about it all. But in your heart, you're beginning to believe that there's a God that loves you, knows you, and cares for your life. And maybe just now before we go on with the service, time is gone. But I've got to do this. If you're saying today, Dave, or every head is bowed, eyes shut. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a Christ follower. I don't know what it all means, but I want to start that journey with Jesus. I need help. I believe there's a God that loves me and cares for me, and I can do it with Him and Him alone. If you're saying, I want to give control of my life 
to Jesus. I need Jesus this morning. I need Jesus. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you are backslidden in your heart, and your heart is cold and perhaps hard. God says this morning, come back. Come back to me. We're not asking you to join this church. We are asking you, do you want to respond to Jesus right now? So this moment right now, I'm going to ask you not to come forward, not to stand up. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. If you're saying this morning, I need Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. I need Jesus. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I need Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's say this out loud together, church. Father God, I confess my need of you. I'm sorry for the sins in my life. I confess them to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to clean me. I ask you to give me a brand new start. Would you give my life purpose? Lead me every day as I give control to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org. Dot org.